Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, I want to get into the power of prayer today. I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I feel this is so important right now. And I believe God wants to teach us to pray. For those of you that have prayed and you've, you've learned to pray, I believe God wants to bring an added dimension to your life. You know, sometimes we get into patterns of things and God allows those patterns to break off. And it's not because the patterns were bad. It's because He has a new area that He wants to, to come into your life. And sometimes we can begin to depend upon patterns and we know we need a breakthrough. So what do we do? We go to the pattern where we got that before. And what God wants to do is bring us into new ways of doing things that'll, that will cause God to come into new dimensions of our lives, you see. And so I believe God wants to teach us all um, new areas of prayer. And wherever you've been in life, I want to encourage you because I believe God wants to bring you to a new place of prayer of victory with God, of victory in prayer, and also of consistency with prayer. Uh, we'll see this as, if we get into it today, go that far. But, you know, there's, there are the prayers that we have for breakthrough. Um, but then there's that, there's that disciplined prayer that we walk through every day that also is hugely important. So anyway, I, I just want to encourage you with this. Um, if you want to have the power of God in your life, and you want to have breakthroughs in your life, um, you've got to put prayer first. Uh, I know we need to do things, and I know in the natural world we can do certain things. If I'm a very gifted 20-year-old, you know, and I'm 6'6 six, six and extremely gifted and have other kinds of natural talents, I can hone in on those natural things and go a certain level with that. But you come to a place in life where you begin to realize I need to have something beyond what I can do for myself. And God even lets us get, get in situations where we can't get ourselves out of the problems that we're in. That's a good thing because God wants to teach us all to go beyond our natural abilities and our natural talents. I'll never forget a prophetic word I got many years ago. I'm still living it out. Um, but the individual said, you have this kind of talent and that kind of talent. You know, um, and then he, and then after he finishes with that, it's like, but God doesn't need all of that. And uh, he's he didn't say it in these words, but it's almost like God's going to allow all that to be broken and futile because what God wants to do is just teach you to trust and obey. Trust him. God's going to do something beyond you. And he doesn't want you looking to you. I want you to get that real clear in your mind right now. Thank God for whatever talent you have. Thank God for whatever ability you have. Thank God for how, what, how smart you are and, you know, how, how you're able to make a good income. But God wants to do something so much bigger than that. And if you're depending on that and, you know, if you're looking to that, you're going to hinder God. You will hinder God with your strengths. And if you're a person who maybe you focus on your weaknesses, I've never had much come my way. I've never had the breakthroughs that I'd like to have in life. I'm, I'm not as smart as, as other people. I'm, I'm not as this. I'm not as that. I'm not as handsome or pretty. You know, um, I, I don't have as much of a way to make income as everyone else. 
I just want to share this with you. Um, where one person maybe doesn't need to look to their strengths, you don't need to look to your weaknesses. You need to begin to declare, God is greater than my weaknesses. God is able to bless me and it's not dependent upon my strengths. Amen? There's the attitude in Scripture that says, the weak should say, I am strong. Amen? Let the weak say, I am strong. Not in myself. How can the weak say, I'm strong? Because of God. Amen? And the Bible says the strong should also go, look, I'm not anything. I'm, no, I'm, I'm weak, right? Your emphasis needs to come against what your natural inclination is, whether it is to feel strength or to feel weakness. And you need to say, God is the one I'm trusting in and God's going to bring it to pass. Amen? So, um, whatever you need, I want to encourage you to begin to look to God to get what you need. And, and put that above you doing what you can do to get ahead in life or to get your answers in life. Stop thinking how you're going to manipulate your situation. Stop thinking about what you're going to do to make things work out and, and what you need to do. Stop striving about your situation and put your trust in God. Jesus says this, ask and what? You'll receive, seek, and you'll find, knock, and it's going to be open to you. Now, he's not just talking about natural things. He's talking about the power of prayer. He's talking about spiritual asking, seeking God and knocking on God's door. That doesn't mean you don't go and do anything naturally, but it's what he's saying here is the ultimate blessing. The, the pouring out of your answer is going to come from God. Amen? God will do it. God will come through for every single one of us. James says this, you don't have because you don't ask. And he was talking to a people that were striving for everything, striving for everything. And he just saw that fleshly attitude. And he says, first of all, you're not asking God. You're out there trying to get this, trying to get that. And you're not spiritual at all. You're not putting things before God. And then he goes, and then you're not asking rightly. So we have to learn that we got to ask if we want to have. If you want to have, if you want to increase, if you want to be blessed, you've got to ask. Amen? Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Now, think about this. He didn't say, be a good person and you're going to receive. Think about that. Most people think if they're, going to, if they're a good person, they're going to receive, right? Jesus doesn't say, be a good person and you'll receive. He says, ask and you'll receive. So many times we'll think, God, I've been good. Why don't you bless me? Ask and you'll receive. The reason why you don't have is not because you're not good necessarily. It's because you're not asking or you're not asking right. James goes, you don't have because you don't ask. Or if you do ask, you're not asking right. Amen. So we need to not only be godly, we need to not only live for God, we need to learn how to ask and to ask in such a way, to ask right, to ask in such a way that we get answers. Amen. God wants to bring his power into the earth. And the way he has decided that he's going to do that is through people who will ask and pray and seek his face. People who will say, God, do this. God, do that. God's looking 
for people that He's going to work through. Amen? God's made it that way. God wants us to pray. God wants us to ask. God wants us to receive. Now, I'm going to get into this probably more next week, but this whole process of you asking, sometimes it starts out because of your personal needs, but the whole purpose of why God wants to bring you into learning to ask and to overcome and to go forward is because He wants to use your asking to do His will. He wants you to learn to ask to bring His kingdom into the earth. Amen? So what ends up or may start out as your blessing through asking ends up being God's kingdom being expanded through your asking and doing what God wants to do. The promised land is what? A land of promise. Oh, there's milk and honey there, right? But then they go and they see giants. And they're like, well, we, won't, we don't really care about going in. And God's like, no, you've got to go in. It's not just for you. It's for me. I want to expand my kingdom. You advancing has everything to do with me expanding my kingdom. Amen? You getting your prayers answered. You going forward is important to God. Because, watch, God will end up using that to expand His kingdom. It's amazing how He does it. I just always remember how David was there praying. He needed breakthrough. He used his faith. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. I mean, as a young boy. And what was God doing? He was training him. And what happened was his personal victories became what? Kingdom victories. Because what he learned for his own breakthroughs later became breakthroughs for the kingdom of God. Amen? God ties everything together. Now, God doesn't want you to be a fleshly Christian. Everything about your life ought not to be... your hope. If your whole prayers are... God, give me another car. God, give me another house. If that's all you ever pray for, there's something wrong with your prayer life. There's something wrong with your focus. You're, you're looking at the wrong things in life. Amen? There's nothing wrong usually with another car or a different car or a better car. But that's not the point about life. I like that song we were singing this morning. God, all we need is the power of God. All we need is your spirit. That's so true. And God's like, I want to begin to give you more than you've ever had before of the Spirit, of my blessings, of the true blessings, of the power of God, of me being with you, of that communion, of you walking with me, of you hearing from me. The blessing of the promise that was to come, the big thing that God was ever going to give us is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is magnified, intensified in our lives through prayer and communion with God. Amen? Man, we've got the greatest opportunity for blessings and communion with God and walking with God and hearing God and walking and living a supernatural life. It's an amazing thing. But we get so entrapped by the natural things, the natural pulls, the natural opportunities. We're always being pulled here and there. And God's like, there's something bigger for you than that. Now, stop just for a minute right where we are. If you are this world focused, I will just tell you right now, you're not fulfilled on the inside. I don't care how much stuff you have. Look deep within. You know there's, there's, there's something missing. There's a frustration that is there. The only way for you to get the peace of God you need, the real breakthroughs that you need, is through prayer. It's by connecting with God. It's by having that communion with God. You can't live without it. When I got saved, I remember there was this thing that was always said, 
um, you know, about you'll always be empty until you come to Christ. You'll always be frustrated until you come to Christ. And I could register with that. I knew there was something more. And I want to say this to Christians today. You'll always be somewhat empty, frustrated, if you don't make Christ your main meal every day. If He's not your main meal, if He's not what you're running after, you're going to be, you're going to be missing out on something, right? And our flesh tendency is to not do that. We want to do everything else first. But I'm telling you, if you want a full life, if you want a blessed life, if you want breakthroughs, if you want strength every day in your walk, if you want confidence about what you're doing, that does not depend on your bank account. Amen? It does not depend on what other people think about you or even what other people say about you. Man, I'm telling you, that's one thing that's hard for people to rise over sometimes. What other people are saying about them, what their bank account might look like in bad times. But God's like, whatever situation you're in, I'll give you victory and confidence right now. You can be secure right where you are. And that other stuff will follow later. You watch. Blessings come after the one who puts God first. And I guarantee you, if you put God first and you'll pray and connect with God every day, you'll, you'll not only go through whatever you're in right now, you'll be ready for every trial that is coming your way. I hate to say that, but I might as well. Life is filled with trials. How many of you have had a life with no trials? How many of you have ever had a year with no trials? Is it not? I mean, it'd be rare to go a year without a significant trial somewhere. Is that right? But if you'll stay connected with God, you can live in victory. Amen? So many people just want victory over this, victory over that one thing. Now, I'm not saying you ought not to get victory over that. But I'm just saying, why don't you get a bigger picture? And why don't you just learn to live a lifestyle that has victory in it wherever you go, right? And that's going to be a lifestyle of what? Prayer. You've got to learn how to pray. You've got to learn how to do it. Most people feel so awkward about praying. Uh, it's boring. They don't know what to say, etc., etc., etc. I just want to encourage you. Most everybody starts out that way. If you look at some of the great prayer warriors of the Bible, just because I know how the flesh works, they started out that way. But guess what? You can learn how to pray. You can press in and get it. And if you want to experience God, God said, look, if you're hungry, come. I'll give to you. Is that, a, is that like an empty promise? Is that an empty promise? But why don't we experience more of God? I believe somehow on the inside of us, many of us don't believe that we will really get God at more of a level at a really significant way if we go there. We don't believe God will really begin to communicate with us. We don't believe God will begin to come into our circumstances, that God will begin to ordain our steps. We don't really believe that. And what do we do? We, we want to take life into our own hands. And so we pray a little bit, but then we go about our day in our own efforts and our own strength all the time. And God's like, look, 
I so want to renovate your life. And I'm telling you, God's been challenging me in this. And I, and I fully believe this. This is a season when we're going to need to begin to all pray. I don't know what's getting ready to come. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. But I sense an urgency to develop a new pattern or a new rhythm of prayer. And I believe it's fully from God. I believe that this is a season when God is speaking right now and He's calling His people to come close. What's getting ready to happen? I don't know. But I'll tell you this, if we come close, if we draw near to God, we're going to be ready for whatever comes our way. You know, whenever God speaks something to me, I remember in the past, God would speak a word of warning to me. And then I'd go, oh, I'd think about the warning. What's going to happen? And I'd get so upset, right? What's say about upset? It's like begin to, I'd begin to worry about it. You know, it's so interesting. Sometimes it's like, Maybe it's better God not to ever even say you're going to go through a difficult time, right? And I've always thought it's one of the most funny, um, funny things is when, you know, Jesus comes back after he's been risen from the dead and he's, he's talking to his disciples and he pretty much tells Peter, hey, you're going to end up dying for me. And it bothers Peter, right? Peter gets all upset. Hey, what about him? That's what he said. What about him? <laughs> and Jesus says, what's that got to do with you? You see, why did Jesus tell him you're going to have a big trial? I believe he told him because what he wanted him to do was get the victory. Amen. He wanted to learn how to walk in a new level of victory. And anyway, with the point I was getting to, sometimes God's spoken things to me. And then later, I began to worry about it. And thank God, I was just thinking, I've learned because of my experiences not to do that anymore. You know why? Because I know absolutely God's going to come through for me. Amen? So, praise God. So it might make you feel bad uh, to know you, there's still probably some trials left in your life. But I want to encourage you. God's going to give you everything you need. There might be serious difficulties that come on the earth in our lifetime. But I want to tell you something. God will never forsake the righteous. He will take care of them. He'll feed them. He'll clothe them. He'll get them water. Amen. That doesn't mean I'm going to be irresponsible. No, not by any means. But I'm telling you, no matter what, even if you do forget, God's going to have you covered. Amen? God's going to take care of you. Now, there are so many lessons on prayer and the need for it in the Bible. Um, and I believe part of this is because of our resistance to praying. I think every believer knows that's probably should be one of the greatest priorities. And yet we don't necessarily, it does, doesn't have nat happen naturally, I should say it that way. Why is that? It's because there's a resistance to praying, right? So you got this story where Jesus was getting ready to be crucified. The disciples didn't understand all of that. Judas has gone to betray Jesus. Jesus takes three of his disciples and calls them over and he tells them to wait. He says, you guys wait right here and watch, watch. And he says, like, watch and pray, watch and pray. Pray. 
And he comes back and what were they doing? Sleeping, right? And uh, he goes, guys, watch and pray so that you enter not into what? Temptation. Now, if you look at what that word is saying, he's saying there, watch and pray so that you won't succumb to testing, to trial, to pressure. Okay? It doesn't just mean temptation to sin, even though it means that too, right? So you won't, you won't cave in to whatever's coming. And um, they, they fell asleep. Now, I just, this, that's such a picture to me. Um, it reminds me of the one story I shared one time where um, I felt God told me to um, pray in the morning. I felt he said, pray at four o'clock. And I'm going, God, is that you? That can't be God. God, that wouldn't be you telling me to pray at four o'clock in the morning. I was tired. And I said, God, if that's you, then you wake me up at four o'clock. Okay, so I was in a, it was, I was in college at that time. And um, there was four of us in the house. So I went to sleep and somebody woke me up, shaking me violently. I mean, like, just like that. And immediately, now if that's you, and it's in the middle of the night, and somebody's shaking like that, shaking you like that, what are you going to do? You're going to be upset. You're going to turn around. And like, what? Is that not right? I turn around, and I'm like, there's nobody there. I look over on the other side of the room and my roommate, I don't even know why he didn't have a bed. He was sleeping on the floor. I can't remember. He, maybe he hadn't moved his bed in yet. <laughs> and I'm going, and then I looked at my clock. It was one of those clocks. If you've ever, if you're old enough, you saw where it goes click. Every time the minute changes, click. And I looked at it and it, it said four zero zero, four o'clock. And I'm going, oh, that's what I prayed. And then I stood then I was, then I sat back and I'm going, I can't believe what just happened. I was overwhelmed that I just had an angelic encounter. There was no other explanation for it. And then the most embarrassing thing I did, I sat back very tired thinking about what just happened until I fell asleep again. And I never prayed. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Listen to this. God wants us to pray, but there's something in our nature. Even when Jesus comes to these people and tells them, you need to pray, even when an angel, I believe an angel, took me to wake me up to show me he wants you to pray, I fell back asleep. Now, this has been a lesson to me forever since that happened because I was thinking, Look how urgent it is for us to pray. And yet, for some reason, we don't do it. We don't recognize the urgency of it. We don't recognize the need of it. And we'd rather go to sleep, watch TV, do something else. We just, there's just something in us that doesn't want to pray. But it's extremely important that we do. Amen. And I believe God wants to teach you 
what you need to know and give you the right mindset and give you victory over your flesh so that you can live a life of prayer and that if God wakes you up at three or four in the morning, you're going to get up and you're going to pray, amen, if you know that's what you're supposed to be doing. I believe that the life of prayer is the best, blessed life you can have. There's no other, there's no other way you can have it if you're not a man or woman of prayer. So anyway, um, now, just like we see Jesus, what has happened with these disciples? There's a special moment, right? Something's getting ready to happen, but they don't know it, right? But there's something getting ready to happen. And so he's pulling them to a place of prayer right then. I want to encourage you in this. You don't need to have an angel shake you. You don't need to have Jesus show up in your room. I will tell you right now is a very important time for you to be praying. Now, I've sensed that in our corporate prayer meetings, like that prophetic inspiration. There's a call to come deeper right now. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Probably a variety of good things and difficulties in the earth. But all I know is, if you don't pray, it's going to hard to go through what's coming and not succumb to the trials, the weight, the pressure, the temptation. Amen? Yes. Now, there's a, there are a few little explanations in this verse that, um, or, or some lessons that I think we need to highlight, all right? And I just mentioned them. I've already sort of mentioned them. But one thing is, and I'm talking about the lesson with these disciples. How is it, how is it you can have that where Jesus is bringing these disciples along, tells them to pray, and three times, I only fell asleep one time after God told me, right? They had fell asleep three times. And he goes, guys, how do you keep falling asleep? Can't you pray one hour? <laughs> so, again, they didn't know what was going on. So first thing I want to think about here before we move on to the next part of this message, but first thing I want you to think about, we normally don't see the need for praying. You see? We might mentally know it, but we don't really understand why we need to pray. It's, we, we might mentally understand it, but if you really understood it, if you, if you really saw the benefit of prayer, wouldn't you do it? Did you see what I'm saying? So it's sort of a vague something that we don't quite see the benefit to, you know, and if you did, you'd be doing it. We all say we see the benefit of it. Oh, everybody needs to pray. Oh, there's nothing better than we can do to pray. Well, why don't we do it? Well, the flesh, but also because we don't see the benefit of it. These men were told to pray. They didn't feel the urgency of it at all. They didn't see, they didn't see even when Jesus says, Pray so that you will not succumb to temptation, to pressure, to trial. They did not recognize what prayer would have done to have protected them from that. They kept them from that. You see, um, I, I 
I personally believe Jesus knew they were going to mess up anyway. I believe he knew they weren't going to be prepared. But I believe this is a lesson these guys always took with them. And just like me, they'll always remember that time when Jesus said, pray, and they didn't do it. And then they looked and they saw what happened and they go, and we weren't ready. You see what I mean? And they'll go back and they'll remember, you know, it's not like there was a lightning bolt. It's not like we felt fear or anything that he just said, pray. You know, it was a simple thing. We didn't feel the pressure. We were sleeping. And you see, we don't understand the pressure of it, the, the importance of it. Now, I would mention this on not just prayer for an incident, but prayer that's a lifestyle of prayer. You don't really see the benefit like you should. It's just the way we're wired. You don't see the confidence the doors that are opening, how everything begins to fall in line for you, how the peace of God begins to come, how the puzzle begins to come together. Because praying seems almost so natural in a sense, like it's not like, and I'm telling you, I love to pray and I love the presence of God to come on me. But even with all of that, there's still a pressure to go in and do it. Amen? Anyway, if you're just recognize the difference is going to happen because of your praying. I don't think anything would stop you from praying. Second thing, which I've already mentioned this too, we see with the disciples. Uh, so first of all, we don't really see the benefit. They didn't see the benefit of it. And they, they missed out. Secondly, they, we naturally don't want to do it. You know, when, I, when I'm talking to people about their prayer life, you know, they'll, they'll say things like this. I just don't have the time. I just don't have the time. You just think about that. I forgot how, what it is. I think, I don't remember if it was George or somebody was telling me how many hours people are on social media every day. Uh, seems like somebody told me it was hours, like two or three hours a day or something. That just sounds crazy, right? But think how long people put into that. And I bet you most everybody that says, I just don't have time to pray. I bet you 95% of them spend way more time on social media than they even need to pray. You understand what I'm saying? You give it, you give it 10% of that time to God, it'd be good, or, or you know, half of that time back to God. And what good did you get out of social media? What good did you get out of it? Probably very little. And what good would you get out of putting God first and praying? You get a lot of good out of that, you see, and it'll go with you every day. Amen. Anyway, and, and thirdly, prayer requires a decision and discipline. Every believer will say prayer is good. How many of you listening to me here or online would say prayer is a good thing? How many of you would say prayer will change your life? How many of you would say if I pray every day and if I bring my request before the Lord every day, I know my life would go in the right direction. I know God would open up the doors for me. How many of you could say that? I, I believe most of you would say that. But then the question would be, but why don't you pray? See, we have to go from realizing that there's a, a benefit to praying to actually doing it, right? Because we've got to go past that barrier of I'm too busy 
I'm too tired. I'm too sleepy. I've got something else. I'll do it tomorrow. Just today, I just don't have time. But you, you see, we have to press past that to get into the place where it's become our rhythm, right? And how does that happen? We got to decide to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, some people, when they decide something, it's not, doesn't mean anything. I'm not talking about that. I mean, your word to yourself needs to be your bond to yourself too. If you decide to do something, you got to have resolve. I'm going to do it. Now, I'm just curious. Don't raise your hand. I couldn't see you raising your hand here. I guess there's a way to raise your hand online too. You can stick up a little hand, but don't do that. But um, how many of you today would say you know you should be praying? You know you'll get a benefit even though it's sort of vague and it's by faith and you know that's there. But there's this something that doesn't want to make the decision to do it. Why is that? Think about it. Think about yourself for a moment. What is it in you? telling you, don't make the decision to do it. No, don't commit yourself to do that. You don't really need to do it. Examine yourself just for a moment. What are the words coming to your mind? Do you not see a benefit to it? Do you think you don't really need it? Is it there's something in your flesh that you're so driven, that you're so disconnected from God's ways that you just feel unable? I mean, what is it? If you don't make a decision to pray, if you can't do it now while I'm talking about it, while you're thinking about it, it's just not going to happen until you have an emergency. Then you'll learn to pray, right? We all learn to pray when we have an emergency. So you have to make a decision. And then what? You've got to be disciplined. You've got to discipline yourself. Prayer is going to require discipline. Amen? Now, a lot of people, they join the gym. And they got, they join in January. Isn't that right? Most of them I, I hear join in January because they're, they're going, I'm going to have a new turn in life. And you know it's a good time to start? The beginning of the year. From the beginning of this year, I'm going to exercise. So they go, they sign up. And next week, they say, well, I'll start next week. Maybe they'll even go for a week or two. But then they'll sort of slow down, right? What makes the difference is somebody that'll absolutely just make themselves do it. You know, I'll tell you this. Someone who's a disciplined person will get saved and I can tell from the beginning, if they're sincere, what they have learned in their natural life of being disciplined, if they'll be that way with their faith and with God, they'll soar. I can see a person with a good heart get saved and have a flaky, undisciplined life. And I know if I can't help them overcome that, they'll not make it. Discipline is key to going forward with God. It's key. You cannot be a flaky Christian and grow. You have to be committed. You have to be disciplined. 
You have to decide what does God want you to do, and you have to do it. God said, make disciples. He didn't just say, make it just a bunch of people come to church. He didn't say that. He said, make disciples. That's what his vision was. What are disciples? Disciplined people. What are they disciplining themselves to do? To follow Jesus, to do what God wants them to do. They recognize what God would have them to do, and then they discipline themselves and cause themselves to do that. And Jesus says this over and over. Um, why do you hear me say what to do and then you don't do it? And that's the Christians of today. We will even say that word and, and not do it. And I would just say, does the word of God not teach us to bring our cares before the Lord every day, to, bring, to come to God every day? Amen? Y'all with me? Yeah, amen. So you have to discipline yourself. Now, if you look at a person in the Bible, you want to learn somebody who had a great discipline in his spiritual life. That'd be who? Daniel, right? An Old Testament man. Didn't have the Spirit of God like we had, like we have, but he definitely had experiences with the Spirit of God, didn't he? Do y'all remember how Daniel got started? Daniel was just a, he was a good Hebrew boy serving the Lord. He's not sinning. They're like, hey, would you do this? No, I'm not going to do that. If I die, I won't do that. Oh, she's living right. But then, but then the, the, the ruler says, hey, I've had this dream. And I got all these guys and I, I need an interpretation. So y'all give me the interpretation. But not only that, you have to tell me the dream. Tell me what I dreamed and give me the interpretation. And he was so upset. He says, if you can't do that, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill all these wise men if you can't tell me what I dreamed. And everybody's going, nobody can do that. How can they know what you dreamed? And Daniel finds out, and it's they're on the way to kill Daniel. And Daniel's a godly guy. He's living for the Lord. He's not sinning. He's even willing to die to not sin. But right now, he needs a miracle. And he goes, Tell Nebuchadnezzar to wait and we'll come back with the answer. And then he goes back to his friends and he goes, guys, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. What happened? Well, he said this and this and this. We need God to tell us exactly what this man dreamed. What? I'm to, look, I want you to think about that miracle. You might go, yes, but he was Daniel. He hadn't seen anything. He's just like you. He needs a huge, unbelievable miracle. All the other top men that Nebuchadnezzar has looked to said, that's impossible. It's humanly impossible. And here he is in this situation, and he's looking at these other guys going, we have to have an absolute miracle. He doesn't run away. He decides we're going to pray. And it says they begin to pray. Now, when your life is on the line, guess what? You're going to pray differently than normally, right? When you need a breakthrough prayer, you're going to pray differently than normal. Now, you know, these guys are going to get killed if they don't get a miracle. So that day, Daniel's not walking around praying just like this. Oh, Lord, if it be your will, you know, show us this. 
um, show us the dream. Lord, if it be your will, show it, you know, whatever Nebuchadnezzar somehow show us, you know, or change his heart or whatever. No, you know what they're doing? God, they're, they're praying, they're fasting. God, we need to answer. God, show us what he dreamed. I want you to listen. How crazy is it to ask a question like that? Won't everybody around you go, oh, God doesn't do things like that. Nobody's ever had that kind of prayer answered, but that's what you need. That's what you need to survive. So the, here's praying an outlandish prayer. God, they're all four of them. God, show me, show us what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. And God came and showed Daniel in a dream everything that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. It was a miracle. Amen? It was a miracle. Now, what does he do? He goes to the king. And I, I like this. The guy, the guy who's bringing him to the king says, I found a man that can interpret your dream. <laughs> he wants to take credit for it. But anyway, here's, here's Daniel. And Daniel goes, King, I want you to know something. This isn't me. This isn't because I'm so wise. It's not because I'm brilliant. It's not because I'm smart. It's just because of a breakthrough from God. This is God. You know, I wish we would all get to our place of excellence and be able to say that. And we wouldn't feel, hmm, I really made it. I'm so smart. I'm so gifted. I'm amazing. Daniel, he, he soared way above everybody else. Nobody got that. And he's able to go, hey guys, this isn't me at all. This is God. Nebuchadnezzar, before I even tell you, because I don't want any glory for this right here. I don't want any glory. Please don't give me any glory. This is just God. And then he says, God told me this. He says them two reasons. God told me this, number one, so we wouldn't die. For me and my friends, we wouldn't die. Man, listen to that. God knows your needs. Right? But let me ask you this. What would have happened if Daniel had just not prayed? He'd have died. Do y'all see what I'm saying? He needed to be more than godly. He needed to pray. And he says, God answered because to keep us from dying. And secondly, for, for to give you your answer. So he gives them this dream and he interprets it. And the dream that Daniel gave Nebuchadnezzar, men have studied it for years and years and years to understand what God was saying because God gave Nebuchadnezzar a dream about history that was yet to happen. You see, this is really amazing. God gave this dream to an unbeliever. But the believer is the one who interpreted it. Do y'all see what I'm saying? God even gives dreams to unbelievers. And, and so Daniel interprets the dream. He says, this is from God. And then if you look at the end of the story, the end of that particular story, um, 
Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face. Prostrate. He's just, he's on his face. When God moved through Daniel. I, I just want to say this. Oh, you got to, you've got to understand this. When you get your breakthrough with God for what you need, that's also going to connect with something bigger than you. I was saying that earlier, right? Daniel got this breakthrough that, so that he could live. But now, when he's walking that out, he shares it. It's an amazing word from God that he would have never gotten had it not been for him trying to save his life. And then he goes on, and it goes, Nebuchadnezzar falls on his face, and, and he says, and he says, truly, your God is the God of all gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets. And then he promoted Daniel. Man, do y'all see the move of God that happened right there? You see? Why did it happen? You see, when you're praying, two things are going on. You're getting what you need to live. You're getting what you need for your breakthrough. But you know what you're also doing? You're getting filled up with God and you're in your receiving. You are becoming the answer for a world that needs the glory of God shown to them. And it will so come out of your life if you've been with God. Paul says, we're the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. God comes out of us everywhere we go because we've been with him. He's our life. He's our everything. Amen? So that's what he's saying there. And that's what we're seeing through that. He got that breakthrough and it became something bigger in life. Something else about Daniel I, I just will mention here is look at what's going on with, with this situation and what happens with Daniel's future. You know what happens with Daniel after this event? He becomes the man, just like Sherry knows, hey, the guy who has an excellent prayer life, it's Daniel. We don't know how, what his prayer life was before this, but afterward, he became a man who prayed every day, three times a day. He had an initial breakthrough. He became so convinced of what he could get in God. And what made him do there? Desperation. Most people won't pray for something crazy, some huge something. You might even think, oh, God would never do that. But when you're forced to do it, you pray through it, right? He was forced to pray for a miracle because he had to have it. God came through for him and it changed his life forever. He began to realize, man, God is big. God's going to come through for me. God will get involved in my life if I can just connect with that the rest of my life. I have everything I need. He became a man of prayer. He prayed morning, noon, and night every day. The whole Jews later, they patterned their prayer walk after Daniel. You see? And I want to just highlight this. You get breakthroughs. And we learn how to pray a lot in our breakthrough times. But God doesn't want to just give you breakthrough prayers. He wants you to begin to, out of a revelation of what you can get in your prayer time, how God is so good, how He really comes through, He wants you to take that knowledge. And if you haven't had a breakthrough prayer yet, do it by faith. Recognize and connect with what God did with Daniel. You know, and I can tell you some testimonies of breakthroughs I've had. Connect with that, that God is real, that you can pray, that you can believe God. And I'll tell you 
a strange testimony. This is a good one for some of you. I don't tell it because I begin to realize some people think I'm crazy when I tell them that testimony, right? They begin to go, I had one lady look at me one time. She said, you know, what? You know, it's just going to be hard for me to believe that. And I'm going, why would you believe it? You, I mean, I don't even care if you believe it, sort of. But you know what I'm saying? But then I begin to believe, I begin to realize some people think this is crazy. But I'll just tell you a real simple testimony. So after I got saved, I wanted a wife. I wanted to get married. But I thought, I don't want to be distracted by women. You know, you know what most guys do when we get saved? Every new person coming to church. Lord, is that the one? Oh, maybe that's the one right there. Let me go, let me go experiment and see if that's the one. And then they'll experiment with somebody else. And then they'll experiment with somebody else. And I just like, God, I don't want to do that. God, I just want to, I don't, I want to focus. So Lord, here I am. God, I'm going to focus. But you have to let me know who my wife is. Y'all see what I'm saying? And I prayed that every day. I prayed it every day. I don't, probably twice a day. I don't know. But I prayed it every day and I got into it. And I got into it. And I was confident. Now, I didn't know how God was going to do it. But what I said was, Lord, let me know that I know who my wife is. And uh, I guess it was 1987. That doesn't seem like far back to me. 1987. Someone like around the end of November, I began to pray. I mean, it was the kind of prayers. Now, I had been praying intensely every day, not only for a wife, but whatever I needed for open doors. I got open doors in business. I had strange open doors. I mean, but I prayed intensely and I would just order my day. I'd order my life. Whatever I was doing, I was going to commit it to God. And one of the things I was praying through at that time was, God, give me a wife. Let me know that I know who it is. I'm not going to be looking around, God, but just let me know. Now, I'm not telling you, you've got to do it like this, by the way. I've shared this before, and people think they got to do it just like this. This was my faith and how my faith was working. Y all, y all, are y'all with me? So, 1987, I'm praying. Man, I began to feel some burdens on the inside of me. And after a while, now, now to just tell you, I'm Praying in the Spirit, and I, that's praying in tongues, because sometimes you pray beyond what you know how to pray. You don't even know how to pray anymore. So I was praying in tongues. And, um, and then we got to this point, I'm like, man, there's a pain on the inside of me. I've got to get this pain, and I'm talking about spiritual. I knew it was spiritual. I'd never had experience like that before. So then I began to give in to that, and I began to go, oh, I began to groan, oh, <laughs> If I were to experiment and try to tell you and show you what I did, you'd probably think I was crazy. I sound like a sick cow, something like that, groaning. You know, so, but I was, and I began to, and I could realize, oh, I'm connecting with that right there. God was teaching me how to pray. And I connect, and I begin, after a while, I began to realize, oh, I got it. I know this sounds crazy. If you're a Christian, please listen. This is some great training. All right. Man, I would connect with that burden, and I'd know I was praying that burden out. I knew I was. Poof. Sometimes it'd come out through groaning. The Bible says the Holy Spirit groans for us. He was groaning through me. And I could tell, poof, I could feel it. Ooh, that one got answered. That got answered. And then another one would come. That happened to me till December 16th. 
I was at work and my brother says, hey, can you eat today? And I had already been losing weight. I wasn't trying to not eat. I just couldn't eat. I was praying all the time and I had no idea why I was praying. I was losing weight. And I'm just thinking, oh, God's got my new ministry. I'm just praying and I'm telling you probably, I'm not saying you're going to end up having to do this. I'm just telling you one little incident. Well, it wasn't little. So I was praying. I bet I was praying. I mean, I was praying throughout the day, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was praying like 10 hours a day. You know, I just have to pray and pray and pray and pray. And so I go home that day and I go to pray. And, and I haven't heard a word all this time. I go home that day to pray and I get beside my bed and I just feel some leading by God like, okay, be quiet right now before the Lord. Now, at this time in my life, um, my, pastor's, my, my pastor was from Africa. Okay, he's from Ghana. And his wife was from Mexico. And her sister was visiting, whom I had met when I was doing some work. And that's a funny story. But that was before she'd given her life to the Lord. And I didn't even think she was saved, right? So she was there, and she had just moved up. And, and her name is Olivia. So, but anyway, I just was praying I was seeking the Lord. Y'all, I've told you how I've been praying, but I had no idea why I was praying all these days for this. Right? And then that day, while I'm praying, while I'm quiet, God says loudly in a voice to me. Now, I've had God give me words where I hear things and I know a word for somebody. This was a voice to me. Out of the blue. Olivia's your wife. I'm like, and I fell back on the floor. And I'm thinking, but she's not saved. You know what I'm saying? I had so many questions come to my mind. And God wasn't telling me. God didn't speak an audible voice after that. But words would start coming to me. You, you know what I'm saying? God gives good gifts to his children. That, that kind of thing. So Because I'm going, but Lord, how can that be? God, how can that? Right? But I knew that I knew. I'd heard from God. There was no question about it. I went and told my pastor, who was the Ghanaian man, who Olivia was staying with, visiting with he and his wife, who's her sister. Hey, God told me who my wife was. Who, who is she? <laughs> Your sister. <laughs> anyway, so he says, wait. Anyway, come April. The first time I asked her out, the first date, I said, look, I told God I wasn't going to date. And, and, and he had, I said, Lord, I'm not going to date, but you're going to have to tell me who my wife is. And I want to know that I know. And, I, and then I told her all that happened. And I said, and then God said, Olivia's your wife. So will you marry me? <laughs> and you see, as funny as that, funny as that sounds, but she knew she'd been in the church long enough to at least know I was a, a firm believer and solid in my faith. You see what I'm saying? And the family knew me. So, and she said, yes. That's an, that was another miracle, wasn't it? You just think about that. So, 
What I'm just saying is, you know why that happened? Because I asked. And because I persisted. And I prayed. And I prayed. And I held on to God. And it wasn't a burden because I believed fully God was going to give me what I was asking. Man, I want to just tell you, if you'll pray every day, put your knees in God's hands. Ask God for what you need. Ask God for the desires of your heart. And ask God to bless you. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you your breakthrough. And don't just bring it a little bit before God and then you remember it a week later and bring it a little... No! If you want something, mean business with God and you hold on to God in prayer until God comes through for you. I'll just finish with this because time passed so fast. But man, that's the, that's the big story of prayer. Will you persist? When Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Why do people not receive? Because they stop asking. That very word ask is actually asking it means continuing to ask. In Luke 11, when they say, how do we pray? He says, if you want answers, this is how you pray. And he gives a whole story about knocking, knocking. Late at night, you keep knocking, you keep knocking. He goes, that's the key to getting. That's the key to you getting your answers. It's not little here. Oh, you, you remember that story? He knocks. Oh, go, to, go home. I'm in bed. It's late at night. What are you doing knocking? What does he do? He keeps knocking. The point is, you keep knocking like crazy. Asking for what you want. If you want to get a blessing from God, that's how you have to do it. <laughs> Amen? This is breakthrough prayer for that breakthrough thing you need. Right? And I would go every day. Now, I wasn't praying until that last you know, section of time when God pulled me into that. I wasn't praying eight hours or ten hours a day. I was praying a good time with God, but I'd commit whatever I needed before the Lord. God opened this door. God opened the door. Man, I was pressing in for that intensely every day. And I began to just see God began to do things like that. And I will tell you, this is the time God said, look, I'm calling my church to that place of prayer, to know me, to walk with me, and to get the answers. And you need to learn to persevere, and you've got to believe, I'll get it if I pray for it like that. I fully believe if people believed that they would, that they could pray and get a wife or a husband, that they would do exactly what I did. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If they believed it. I am just telling you, God will do a miracle for you. Hold on and pray. Don't give, don't give in. You got to keep praying. Another, another parable. How about Luke 18? God was teaching them that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. What does he mean always pray? He means when you're discouraged, when you're tired, when you don't feel like it, when it looks like it's not going to happen. At all times, he's not saying in this point, morning, noon, and light, that's later. But what he's saying there is, and whatever the situation is, and I would just say, there's some reason why we always want to not pray. Maybe we're discouraged. What does it mean to lose heart? Always pray and don't lose heart. What does it mean? What does it mean by lose heart? Lose heart means you don't believe God's going to answer you anymore. You don't believe you're going to get it anymore. That's what losing heart is there. And then he, what does he say? Doesn't God want to answer you? The unrighteous judge delayed because he's unrighteous. But God's not delaying because of that. There might be delays, but God wants to answer your prayers. He loves you. How much more will he answer and come through for you? So don't give up. So don't give up. So don't give up. What's being inferred there is if you give up, you're going to miss out on what was coming. Some people, that shows me, some people can start praying and through the process of prayer, 
stop somewhere and not get what God would have given them. And they end up with, well, I tried that. Well, I tried. Well, did you give up? And what really, what really is crazy to me is sometimes I hear people, um, oh, I prayed for that. How long will you pray for that? Yeah, I asked, you know, sort of like, well, I prayed for, you know, like a couple of days last week for it. And then, look, you just have to hold on to God. Amen? Hold on to God until you get your breakthrough. God will give it. God will give it. How can Jesus so boldly say, ask him, you're going to get it? We could keep going, but look, so many people didn't get. Oh, Jesus must be a liar. Asking, holding on, persevering. And yes, you have to ask right, and you can't ask for stupid, ungodly stuff, of course. You understand what I'm saying? But God wants us to be those that will ask and receive. Amen? God wants you to ask and receive, and He wants you to have a consistent prayer walk. Now, I just want you to take a moment. What do you want? What do you want? What do you need? What do you need? Let that be a part of what motivates you to begin to have your regular prayer life and say, I'm going to hold on to God. He said, this is a reward. He said, if I would ask, I'd receive. Amen? I'm going to dedicate myself to asking. And I'll tell you, in the process, God's going to change you. He's going to start opening doors for you. He's going to start making a way. And you'll go beyond that. And I want to encourage you to go beyond that. And we're going to talk about this like in the next week or two. We're going to be praying for the kingdom of God to come because that's the ultimate of what God wants to do through you. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you today for your ways. God, you've given us everything we need, Lord, to receive. Lord, there's some kind of resistance sometimes. Sometimes it takes uh, a season of prayer. But God, you said don't give up. You said persevere, Lord. You said just be intense, uh, God, with whatever we need. And Lord, you said it shall it shall come at the right time. It's not going to delay. It won't be too long. It's going to come at that right time. And Lord, we thank you that we can take great confidence in that. And Lord, we need the boldness of your words. We need the boldness where you said it so confidently and you shall receive. Where you said um, God's heart is to give to you. God's heart is to do a miracle for you. God's heart is to help you. God's heart is to give you your breakthrough. Just keep believing. Just keep asking. Just keep knocking on God's door, bringing your request to God. And do not lose heart. Do not lose hope. Lord, so I just thank you right now. This is a great season. You're refreshing your people. You're bringing your people back to a fresh place of hope, back to a fresh place of expectation, not only for blessings, but for kingdom outpourings. And Lord, we thank you for what's getting ready to happen. Lord, it's not only going to be our breakthrough like Daniel got, it's going to be the blessing like what came through him that brings the glory of God into the earth. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.